Hello and welcome to the Daily Booktopian for Tuesday, May 19. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about reading in the time of isolation and social distancing. Joining me today are Senior Content Producer and Editor of the Booktopian blog, Liv Frieker. Hello, Liv. Hi, Mark. And Social Media Specialist, Nick Vasiliev. Hello, Nick. Hey, Mark. Now, last time you two were on, it descended the quality of this podcast quite badly. Um, hey now. But let's try and stay on track today, guys. So. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, you two just say dumb things, and that's my only defense. Yes, okay, the you're, you're, editor. It's already starting. Um, <laughs> this is your fault. Let's go to you first, Liv. What do you have for us this week? Okay, so this week I am reading a book called Blue Ticket by Sophie McIntosh, and it's kind of like uh, The Handmaid's Tale for the 21st century, but like not quite. Um, So Sophie McIntosh was an author who was long listed for the Booker Prize a couple of years back with The Water Cure, which was another similarly dystopian but not quite um, sci-fi novel. Uh, But this one is about a woman called Kala. and in the society she lives in, it's everyone, all the women are subject to a lottery. Um, so as soon as you get your period, you go to the lottery centre and they give you a white ticket or a blue ticket. White ticket means that you are um, allowed to go and have children or you're meant to go and give birth and have children, whereas blue ticket grants you freedom. And the story kind of follows Kala, who was given a blue ticket and is given a life of freedom. Um but then we catch up with her 18 years later and she feels like she's been given the wrong path. So it's kind of about her journey into like rebelling a little and trying to take back control of her life and her body and her choices. Um, It's very, um, it's not typical sci-fi. Like it's not very detail driven or world building driven. It's much more character based. So like it's classified technically as like literary fiction, I guess. Like I hate to say that, kind of distinction but it's literary sci-fi if you can picture me saying that with inverted quotes um but I'm really enjoying it I'm about 30 pages in I started it today and I'm yeah really enjoying it her writing is very um like it's sparse but impactful so yeah that's what I'm reading I, I, I have to say that the distinction between literary and science fiction is like one of the things that bugs me the most when talking about genre. Like science yes. fiction can be literary. It doesn't, we don't have 100%. to form a, a distinction there. Science fiction, um, you know, some of the most important stories that have ever been written, like 1984, are clearly science fiction. But anyway, yeah. comment down. No, I totally agree with you. And I fully believe that the whole literary thing is just a, a marketing, like, Genre in general, I see as more marketing, maybe because I'm in book retail, but I just, the way it actually operates kind of just speaks more to marketing than to any distinction that a reader might have. I don't know. I feel like that's a whole other podcast. Good stories and good characters can exist in any context, any setting. Yeah, that's why I was reluctant to call it literary fiction, but like, I guess... This is one of those rare sci-fi authors who's been recognised by the Booker for um, the Booker Committee. So it's interesting. Um, I feel yeah. like we should definitely have a longer chat about that at some point. I think that would be interesting. All right, let's book that in. Um, Nick, what have you brought <laughs> for us today? 
Um, so I've been kind of keeping to the world, staying in the world of kind of historical uh, stories, uh, following kind of my uh, enjoyment of Kingdom of Heaven last week. Um, and just for a bit of context uh, before I kind of name my book uh, for all of our listeners. So there's a bit of a tradition um, at Booktopia that when you arrive and start kind of your first day or your first week, you are given a book um, that... It, you, like you're given a book basically that your your manager or whoever it is is picked out um, that they think that you will enjoy. Um, and the book um, the book that was handed to me uh, on my in my first week uh, was Christos Chilka's Damascus, um, which I have been a fan of him in the past. Um, his book The Slap is uh, one that I am a huge fan of. It was a big because when I was writing my own book, it was a big inspiration uh, for me in terms of kind of looking at the nature of, of kind of suburbia um, and kind of the human and men, and how men, their mental process. Um, but I have really been enjoying Damascus. Uh, I finally have got around to actually start reading it in the last week or so, um, kind of off the back of, of watching Kingdom of Heaven. And the characters and the examination on kind of... Uh, of religion and class and kind of family is really interesting, particularly around, like I can see that Chilkas is really interested in the character of, of, of Paul. Um, so kind of for a bit of context, it's, it's the, the basic premise of it is around the, uh, it's basically is based around surrounding the birth and the establishment of the Christian church. So, uh, very much historical kind of examination of religion and faith and, uh, and, sacrifice and it's it's a very interesting read and a very interesting analysis it kind of gets tries to get at the bones of what uh of what religion kind of tries to achieve and where it succeeds and it fails um and it's interesting it's just there's a lot of interesting discussions some that you may agree with some that you may disagree with um and yeah it's a really interesting book to read damn i've got great expectations is my book yeah. I like to think that was management's little joke at my expense. <laughs> oh, I got I got the Murderbot Diaries. Oh, but I actually want to read that. Yeah, um, Nick, I I picked I picked Damascus for you. Oh, that, thank yeah. you. I'm enjoying it, Mark. Good choice. I just yeah. remember when yeah. he came in, he was great. Um, ben and I had a really good um, chat with him on the podcast, and it's, it's like one of my favorite that ever favorites that I've ever done. And I love him. He is such a beautiful person as well as an amazing author so i'm glad you're enjoying it nick yeah, yeah. I've, I've i've loved him for years as well and I, I haven't quite got around to reading damascus yet uh but yeah i'm a huge fan of his work and i can't wait to get to it that one's pretty polarizing from what i hear like people either love it and they get it or they're just it's not for them yeah, I think it's because I can kind of see why a little bit because it, I think that uh, that some people might uh, take issue with it because the actual themes that that Chilkus tries to do with the book, he's kind of he really drives home the themes and emotional concerns of the book, um, and mm. some might view that as kind of pandering. Um, or like just trying to lay on the thoughts thick. I think it really, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more down to 
really him trying to bring those themes up front and center, but then allow it to be explored and discussed um, within the context of the story itself. Um, so that I can understand why though, why, why some people will be rubbed up the wrong way by it. It's an interesting topic. And of course, you know, with a lot of topics around religion, there's some controversy that comes with that. I mean, his books have, have always been quite polarizing. I think you're, you're either somebody who absolutely adores the way that he writes or it's, you know, something that can be quite confrontational, especially, you know, when you're reading books like Loaded, where, you know, it's quite in your face. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so what's been bringing us joy in quarantine uh, this week? Let's go to you, Nick. I bought a soda stream. There's my big achievement. <laughs> oh, one of those people now. Ugh. Yes, I'm one of those people. So I bought a soda stream and I've been spending, you know, the whole weekend as most people do um, when you've got this new random piece of technology sitting in your house. You just spend the whole time messing around with it and, and, and playing with it and creating random drinks of varying success. Um, but, yeah, look, it's I'm enjoying it. It's like, you know... It, it, it didn't exactly cost me a large amount of money. It's it's a bit of fun. Um, but, yeah, that's <laughs> that really goes to show the, the the weekend that I really had, didn't it? Not much really happened at all. <laughs> I reckon I reckon you've got, like, seven good days of using it left before you never touch it again. <laughs> <laughs> the novelty will wear off, and then suddenly I'll just go, oh, what's this again? Yeah. Like, three years Taking later. Taking up space. <laughs> But yeah, like my husband, one. often when we're in the shops and we walk past one, he'll be like, eh, eh, should we get it? And I'm like, when was the last time you actually wanted soda? <laughs> yeah, I think it's different for me. I'm a, I'm a big soda water drinker. Um, and on top of it, you can do things like tonic water and, and make your own lemonade and stuff like that too. So it's like the, the, the soda water tastes pretty good that comes from it. Um, but like, if you're not someone who's actually kind of someone who enjoys drinking soda water, you'll, you'll never use it ever. Definitely. Okay. So. Okay, cool. I didn't need any convincing to not get one. (laughs) Well, so Nick can now put bubbles in his water. Liv, I hope that something more compelling is bringing Oh God, now I don't want to say mine anymore now. And I apologize to our listeners who are soda soda stream fans and who I'm just being really mean to. I apologize. I'm just I'm flipped a gear today. I don't know what's going on. It's like it's happening. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right, Liv, what have you brought that's joyful? Um, so there's been a couple of um albums released recently that I've been really loving. Um, a few weeks back, it was Fiona Apple released the Bolt Cutters. I think the entire internet went insane about that album because she Fiona Apple commands this weird kind of adoration amongst women of my generation. Like, I'm, I'm a full-on fangirl. It's fine. Um, so I was really enjoying um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. And then last Friday, uh, Perfume Genius released his album called Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. And it pretty much does what it says on the tin. It's amazing. I love it. Weird 90s vibes mixed with, like, I don't know, disco? It, not disco. I'm really bad at describing music. My talent is obviously in books. Um, but it's just such a weird mix of, like, genres and sounds. But it just sounds so dreamy. I love it. And I was also listening to, weird, randomly, um, Dua Lipa's new album. I can't even remember what it's called. Um, nostalgia something. Future Nostalgia. It's so much fun. So music has been bringing me joy 
this weekend. That's that's great. Um, actually, a few weeks ago, um, Joel and I were talking about what was bringing us joy, and we were talking about music as well. And he mentioned the Fiona Apple album too. Well, look, if you were on Twitter that weekend, you wouldn't, you couldn't have escaped the memes. They were great. Well, I saw, I did see a lot of chatter around it, and the thing that like struck me the most was that she used to date Louis C.K. Ew, what? Yeah. I mean, I knew she dated, like, Paul Thomas Anderson and some other person that I can't remember. But she dated Louis C.K.? Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> when you Apparently one of the songs, or, like, some of the lyrics are, like, directly related to his situation. Oh, gross. <laughs> you can definitely see that. There's a lot of, like, when you listen to the lyrics, there's a lot of it talking about, like obviously men who do these kind of gross things, but also like her relationship to women in the midst of all that patriarchal bullshit is um, to me a lot more interesting to uncover. Cause it's like, yeah, we know some men are creeps like, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm very that, eloquent today. If that recount, um, it was her, wasn't it? Who was talking about um, hanging out with Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino and just how <laughs> mundane and dull and annoying it was. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> Look, I will tell you, though, I would love to be a fly in the wall in the household of Paul Thomas Anderson because he's married to Maya Rudolph, who I love. Mm. And they just seem like such a weird pairing, but I'm, I just want to be a fly on the wall in the house. That sounds creepy, but like I don't, I don't really care at this point in my life. <laughs> I'm a curious person. <laughs> You're a creep, Liv. That's what you are. <laughs> That's our boss saying that. Look. <laughs> On a podcast that people will listen to. <laughs> Nick, edit this out. No. <laughs> I think you're, you're feeling very confident if you think people listen to this. <laughs> hey, my mother listens to this. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> she won't anymore. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Love you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, let's shout out to our Australian author before we go too far off the rails. Who are we shouting out to today, Liv? We are shouting out to Robbie Arnott, who is the author of um, a book called The Rain Heron. Uh, Robbie was – he made waves last year with his debut novel called Flames. He was a um, – shortlisted for a whole bunch of prizes and he was also a 2019 Sydney Morning Herald Best Young Novelist and his new book is like I said called The Rain Heron it's set in Tasmania and it's very much inspired by the wild rugged beauty of Mount Wellington or Kunanyi as he calls it um or who is is the um another name for it sorry um and it's just about this woman who lives on the mountain and then her world is kind of turned upside down by the arrival of I think a soldier um Yes, a young soldier who comes searching for the truth behind a local myth and their lives kind of get entwined. And he wrote a guest blog for us last week and it's been in like our top most viewed blog post ever. He commands a lot of attention and interest. And I think if you haven't already jumped onto the Robbie Arnott train, this is a good time. So that's our Australian author this week. Well, thank you, Liv, and thank you, Liv and Nick, for joining us today. Uh, you can listen to all of our episodes for free on SoundCloud and iTunes, including our amazing podcast with Christos Chalkis, where we spoke about Damascus.
Uh, we'll be back same time tomorrow with another episode of the Daily Booktopian. Until then, please keep reading and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au